Hey everyone, it's Tom Kradza, and on this episode of the Your Life, Your Term show, we sit down with Mike McMillan. Mike is from Oakville, Ontario. He's a rock star in our circle member, and he comes on the show just to share his story, which I really appreciate because I think sometimes we all learn the most from other people. So when someone is so willing to open up and share all of their story with us, we all get to learn from that. And I personally think that it's very, very valuable. So Mike's coming on to do that. He talks about he actually talks about crossing paths with us back in 2008 or so, not doing anything then. A few years pass, he rejoined up with his wife. They're active in the real estate game. So we get his insights about real estate. We get his insights about business building. He actually quit his job to start his own business, just his thought process around there, his ideas around coaching and having a coach in your all areas of life. So we're just really thankful that Mike has been so willing to share his story like this. I really think we can all learn a lot from each other when this is done. So that's what we're doing on this particular episode. And if you are listening to this and you are wondering if it's time for you to get into the real estate investing market and you want to figure out what is going on because you're hearing stories about property prices and you're saying to yourself, how can this possibly be? What is going on in real estate? Why are asset prices going up the way they are? And you want some information, you can go to rockstarinnercircle.com. That's www.rockstarinnercircle.com. On there, you'll find some of the reports. You'll find a reports button on those reports. There's a couple that really come to mind for me. It's the destruction of the middle class, which really breaks down inflation. It breaks down asset prices. It breaks down population trends in this area and what is happening in Canada, especially over the last decade. This has been going on for some time, but over the last decade, the central banking policies of the world have really rewarded asset owners. And in this country, it's starting to hollow out the middle class. So if you're wondering why it's difficult to get ahead with income alone, and you've never really been able to piece it together, perhaps this report might shed some light on that for you. Whether you want to buy some real estate as an investment or not, it doesn't matter. It might just turn on the light bulb into some new ideas on what you should do to protect you and your family from some of the government policies that are in place right now. You can get access to that report at rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash reports. That's rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash reports. And with that, let's get on with the show. Are you ready to live life on your terms? Is it time to take charge? Real estate, business building, the economy, health and nutrition, and more. It's the Your Life, Your Term Show with Tom and Nick Carazza. Are you ready? Let's go. We are live with Mike McMillan. I, Nick, Nick is not joining us, so it's you and, and me. So actually, he may be. I have this mic set on, so we'll, we'll see. He may be joining. Both of us have been running around in little circles, but... Mike just showed us something from 2008, um, which was like, I guess it was like a flyer of some sort to, to convince you to come and uh, check out some real estate investing course. And we were just laughing together because, well, you describe it. What did you just show? <laughs> what did you just show me? Yeah, I think this was, this was back in 2008. And I don't know where we had come across this, but uh, my wife and I at the time, we, you know, 13 years ago, um, I don't know whether we saw it in a flyer somewhere or something, but this thing came across and it was just this wacky, you know, income for life kind of thing. What's going on here? But it kind of, something hit with us at the time. And there was all these like little handwritten drawings on this. What was, you know, a reg well, it was like a registration form for our class. Yeah. Which was, yeah. which was somewhat of a professional ad, right? It was kind of so, so wacky. We thought, you know, let's go check this out. Let's try it. 
And uh, yeah, that was 13 years ago. And it, it, it was cool. We met you guys back then. And even though it was, it was you know, a different name back then, the concept today, it's almost, it's very similar. I mean, the, the end goal was, you know, assets and real estate are, and certain things are the way to go. That was the same concept back then. But we didn't actually do anything. So we were members back then and we were learning about it, but we didn't do anything. So you came to our Bur- were you in Burlington when it was you in met Burlington, us? Burlington, yeah. Yeah, got it. Okay. Yeah. I, so I, I'm, I'm curious, what got you thinking about real estate back in 2008? Like, I know you didn't kind of jump into that whole world, but, but what got you thinking about it? Was it just, oh, I heard real estate's good. Or I should diversify. Like, what was it? Yeah. So it, I don't even think it was real estate at the time that caught us. It, w- it was more of the, you know, the income for life. And how do we do something better? Because my wife and I were both working jobs at the time. And, um, you know, we're 40 now. So back then we're right at the time in our lives where everybody's you know all of our friends were working we knew we wanted to do something more we just didn't know how to do it so we were investigating a lot of stuff back then Um, being as young as we were trying to buy a house we felt that we didn't have the you know the cash to go and buy a piece of property and rent it and do everything that that we knew was the right thing to do you know at the time we were buying our own house in oakville and we're spending all our money there we don't even know how we did that and it was the scariest thing in the world. And what, you know, what we started to realize was that it, it, we wanted this change, but we never committed to it. And, you know, life gets in the way and things go. And then looking back at this now, imagine we had have done this 13 years ago. Oh, we don't, don't do that. To right? yourself. We all have that. Yeah. And, all- and, and so I do, that's, that's one thing. So I do that to myself. <laughs> don't do morning. that to yourself. Do not do <laughs> yeah. that to yourself. Carol and I sometimes discuss how like, you know, our first uh, family home was a four bedroom madame um, in Mississauga that we bought four bedroom, two car garage for 268,000. Yeah. And I didn't want to buy it. I wanted to still, my, our, our parents were, were not living together. They're back together now, but they were not together. And we were living in my parents' home to save up some money to be able to buy a home. And I was telling Carol, let's not buy yet. This is like a ripoff. Like our friends just bought the same, same house for 225,000 a year before. Mm-hmm. Now it's 268. Yeah. Like that's a ripoff. But Carol convinced me that for the benefit of our marriage, we should have our own home. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, okay, got it. I got it. I'm getting the message. I'm slow, but yeah, okay, we should have our own home. And so we went and bought this home. And I remember signing the papers on the paperwork with the guy. And I guess I was, I don't know, I I was signing it. And I I said, you know, somebody has to buy at the top of the market. Might as well be us. Yeah. And it was 268,000 for a four bedroom, two car garage. Like yeah. it just kind of totally ridiculous. So now we look back, we're like, why didn't we buy the whole street? Yeah. Right. So, uh, yeah, you can't do that to yourself. No. I, no and, and yeah, I mean, I do that to myself every morning. One of the things that I do is I do that to myself and then I get myself out of it. You know, I, I do, it's part of the, you know, things that it, when, when you evolve and you start to go and you, you, you get taught by certain people and you learn that those negative thoughts aren't something that you can do. You still have them, but the tools to get out of them, right? So I'll wake up every morning going, what am I doing? And then five minutes later, I'm like, no, no, it's, it's all right. Yeah. It's a little bit of a struggle here. And then you go and, and then you kind of get through it. But he's saying that that's completely fascinating to me. How did you become self-aware enough to know that you need to talk down these negative thoughts. So many people I meet have that type of thinking and got, get caught in that rut for their whole day, the week, their li- their lives. How did you make that snap out of that? Uh, I, I had to get coaching and people 
to, to train me how to do that. Um, so I never liked the way I thought. I mean, this is kind of the, the reason that I'm here today is because I feel like, you know, I feel like, you know, being successful, but also being a regular person, knowing the struggles of whether it's real estate, whether it's growing a business, whether it's your own mental state, trying to get techniques to get you in a positive spot, any of those, you can't necessarily do it on your own. And everybody thinks that they can. And, you know, half the time I still, I'm, you know, I'm running my business now and I still think I'm the greatest at doing it and real, you know, I'll get a business coach to come in and they'll just rip me apart. Just like, well, yeah, you're great if you want to do this, but you know, everybody else is doing this, you know, 10 times what you're doing. So, you know, applaud you for doing a half-assed job. Like, thank you very much. And it's like, oh, damn it. Like, they're right. There's, you know, so much more. And I mean, you go through good business coaches and bad business coaches and um, good sports coaches, right? So a coach, to me, you can define it however you want. I think it's it's what you take from it. Um, you know, you and I have talked about reading books, right? And I didn't start reading books until I was 35. Um, and even at that, most of the books, I, I still don't get. Like, I'll read them. I'll have to read them a few times to kind of get the message a lot of times. And I'll find that people will talk about a great book that, you know, everybody likes. And I think, well, it's okay. Cause I try to relate every book to me and take little bits of every book. So I don't have a favorite book. I've got a bunch of favorite books that I'll take pieces from each one and try to adapt them to my life. Cause there's certain things, right? Like, you know, there's, a, there's a famous book and it's, you know, everybody knows it and everybody it's really good, but it's, you know, wake up at 5 a.m. and do this and do this and do this. And it's like, I tried that and I just hate 5 a.m. I don't care what's going to happen. I'm gonna, this you is cannot not, tell me to get up at 5 a.m. No, but the concept of what they were trying to- A daily to, habit. Yes, yeah. exactly. Right. So it's like, I perform amazing mm-hmm. at, you know, midnight. Well, I can't, can't go with probably, this book. You, yeah, you must be talking about some. Yeah, I know the book you're talking about. I think it's Robin Sharma's book. And it, that is that is a great book. And, and I think it's called The 5 a.m. Club. And it does talk about like getting up at 5 a.m. But I think the habit, you're taking from it what I think is the most important message. I think Tim Ferriss talks a lot about, you know, how his circadian rhythm just isn't uh, doesn't doesn't go with the 5 a.m. thing at one point in his life anyway he was doing a lot of his writing and stuff I feel like from midnight to like 4 a.m. or something like that so, yeah. so everyone's different. I have a question though about reading books like who the heck are you like why do you start reading books I don't meet most people who read start reading books at 35 is it like I don't understand you seem to be articulating that you were aware of some of your thinking and that you needed some coaching you didn't read before and you started reading books. Is this a, like a life moment thing for you? I think so. I think because what was starting to happen as I was getting older and, and taking fewer risks and meeting certain people that, that had, um, you know, successful businesses. And I saw a little bit of their freedom. Now I use the term freedom loosely because when you have and start your own business, if you're starting that to have freedom, I don't know if that's you might, it might not you be. might have no freedom for five years, right. zero freedom. <laughs> right. But I started to hang out with a different circle of people that were, you know, kind of where I wanted to be. Business owners, uh, successful in, in, in what I thought was successful at the time. And I noticed that they all read books and they all learned something from each other. And we'd go to, you know, whether it would be to a cottage or something, it'd be a group of people around. And instead of just, you know, drinking and having fun and doing all the wash sports, there's always a bit of kind of business conversation and more of, you know, personal success conversation throughout this group of people. And I started, I'm, I'm sitting there in a group of like, you know, 10 people and everyone's talking about books. I'm like, I, don't, I can barely read. Like <laughs> The last book I read was in high school. This is yeah. not going to be good, right? There's no way I'm going to do what these guys are doing if, if 
if, if I don't start doing this. So I'm not kidding when I say it takes me, you know, I'll have to read a book twice to actually grasp it because my mind just seems to drift a little bit and, uh, and, and go. And I mean, it's, um, you know, the monthly newsletters that Rockstar puts out, I'll read every newsletter. Sometimes I have to read them twice, especially the stuff you talk about. Like, I mean, I have no idea what you're saying sometimes, <laughs> but that's not, that's not a problem of you. That's a problem of me not articulating it well enough that you can well no i think i I think you are and i think that's the point i think where you're talking especially when you're up talking live and stuff right you get on your get on your stuff and you're you're just like so the government has so much money do you guys know what this means and like two percent in that room go yeah and the rest of everybody goes yeah i think so i think we're supposed to like i don't know if this is good or bad so so hold on the government has a ton of money so that's good right and you're like this is really bad and i'm like oh damn it no no, that's not it. So, but, you know what? It, you know what it is. I think sometimes when we're talking about you, you, you're probably referring to the economic update that we give a few times a year, and I do get a little crazy. Like I definitely am crazy. I'm not trying to say I'm normal when I talk about this stuff, but some people have been with us for so long that they're like, "Well, Tom, you know, talk about the advanced concepts that you don't usually talk about." But there are some people who are new to Rockstar who are yeah. hearing that for the first time, or second time, or third time, not the. 30th time yeah and they're like i don't have a clue what you're talking about so it's really this weird dynamic and i I totally sense that when i do those kinds of things that some people are like yeah i totally understand go to the next point and other people are like what the heck are you talking about so yeah that's not but you're in that's not a problem with you by the way that's just that's just me but it's a good thing because your enthusiasm and when you're talking about something we know when it's important so even if i don't understand it I know what you're saying is important and I know it means something. So what I'll do is I'll go and start to research some of the key points that you brought up and that'll lead me to a different book or lead me to whatever. And then it brings circles back. So like three weeks later, I'll go, oh my God, that's what Tom was talking about. That's why he's so excited. And, you know, I'll figure it out, which is great, right? So it's your enthusiasm that gets people that gets people going, even when they don't understand it and the importance of it. Like at the end of it, you know, you talk for, you know, three hours and at the end of it, it's, oh yeah, we need to have assets. Like, Okay, but if you had just come out and said that, nobody's going to listen, right? So it's, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of how you, you, you take in the information. Yeah, um, you're, you're a really interesting character, Mike. I mean this sincerely because I have a lot of different friends who will all go out together in groups, whether it's uh, to a cottage or, you know, a trip to Vegas or something like that. And, and there are different, especially if it's your high school crowd everyone's at maybe different um situations in their lives and stuff but i I do have a few friends who don't read and point to a few people in our group and say oh you guys are just lucky you Mm -hmm. guys are like lucky and they don't seem to take the next step to research anything um that's why i'm kind of fascinated by your way of thinking it's that i i don't understand how you made that leap and we, we might not need to. I just think it's really cool that you did. Mm-hmm. Like you made that, you were self-aware that these people are reading. I'm not reading. Maybe I should start reading. Like to me, that seems like such a simple thought process, but it's like the most mind-blowing and the most important thing you could have figured out for yourself. Yeah, I mean, for a long time, like when I when I worked at, when I worked a job, um, you know, I wanted more than that. I, 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 hated, I hated Mondays. Um, Simply because I just hated Mondays. I know you had to go there as an 8 a.m. meeting or something. And 8 a.m. 8 a.m. meeting on a Monday morning. This is really ruining my Sunday. <laughs> totally. So now I hated Sundays. And I thought, this this really sucks. So I, Fridays were good, though. Fridays, Fridays were good. Fridays and Saturdays <laughs> yeah, were my yeah. days. That was awesome. You're right. But, you know, 
and when I started to realize, like, I really, you know, we go up to a cottage or go something, and everybody's leaving Sunday night or Monday morning, and I'm sitting here stressed at, you know, Sunday at noon, just want to get home because I got to think about what's going on on Monday. And part of that was one, okay, that's a good sign you don't like your job. Or two, you know, you can change that. Like if you don't like that and that feeling isn't, isn't good, how do you change that? So I created and started my whole business strictly because I didn't like Mondays and I changed my Mondays. So my Mondays now I try to, you know, get up, do some, watch some motivational videos or such, just kind of get me pumped for the day and I'm less stressed and I don't really start working on a Monday until, you know, maybe 10, 10 a.m. or something like that and just, I feel like it's a good vibe. So now Sunday, I'm not stressed. I mean, arguably, could I be more successful if I woke up first thing Monday morning, 5 a.m. Uh, probably, probably, but it's yeah, but successful in what regard successful in like that you're just pumping out more stuff for your business. I think, I think what you're describing to me is successful. Like you're, you've created a, a lifestyle that's working for you and constantly needs adjusting. I'm sure. You know, it's like Nick and myself, we do some things and then you have to kind of tweak them to make them still work. But you're describing success to me. You've figured stuff out and you're adapting your environment around to fit what works for you. I, yeah. So like this whole idea, I think, I think both myself and Nick just have a problem when people look at maybe us or other people and say, oh, that person's so successful. And, and they're just pointing to maybe their financial, what they think that person is doing financially. I'm like, well, I don't mm -hmm. know. How are their relationships? Yeah. How are the experiences that they're having? You know, yeah. like how's their thought process? How are they mentally? What's their mental health like? What about their physical fitness? And I'm not trying to downplay when, you know, that I just think that for too long, maybe I thought success was just about money. Yeah. I, and, and, and you know what? I take that back. I never really thought that way. I got to tell you, I never really thought that way. Yeah. But I think a lot of people do. But so what I'm hearing you say to me is successful. You know, I'm, I'm curious, what was your, what, what type of corporate job were you doing and what kind of, what, what's your business now? So I was in, I was in sales, um, for selling construction equipment, surveying equipment and stuff. And that's what I did. And then, you know, I ended up starting a business in that. Um, I didn't, I didn't know if necessary that's what I wanted to do so when I started my business I started that business in the same industry survey equipment um, you know we've got a great successful business called horizon measurements now but I didn't intend to start that business in that line of work because I liked it I did it because I knew it and that helped me grow a business so from there we've adapted and we've got some other businesses going on that are you know arguably more fun um, because they, they might be more of a hobby business or they might be stuff that you're interested in. So now you, 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 you know, you go and do that. Right. So, um, it's, we've had, we've failed lots of times. Like, and you know, that's the one thing that you realize is that it's okay to fail. You just keep going. I mean, you know, the, I think what scares me now is I feel like, you know, I'm hitting 40. I feel like I'm at that point where, you know, I thought about this a couple of days ago where it's like, oh man, I don't want to, I can't risk too much anymore. Cause you know, I, I don't want to, whether I'm running at a time or what, I don't know why I think that way. And then, so I had a meeting with my business coach and he says, well, you idiot, like, come on, let's go, you know, stop thinking you're just about hitting your stride, stuff. dude, at 40 years old, you're just hitting your stride right now. Totally. But you know, that's why we talk about when you fight your inner, you know, your inner demons is like, you know, I feel like, oh man, I could have, I should have done this by now. I should have, should have, should have, whatever. And you got to fight that and get past it. A lot of people can't. A lot of people will stop there and that will crush them. And then they'll look at their backup plan. Well, my backup plan is to get up, go get a job. And it's like, that's a terrible backup plan. If, if, 
anyone can go and do that. And if you're willing to actually go and get a job, pandemic or no pandemic, if you're willing to get a job, you can get a job. There are things or you can do something to bring an in income for, you know, it's it's if you have that mentality, you'll never have an issue. You'll never have a problem. So I'm not worried about it. I just, you know, you have to have somebody on your side to keep pushing you. Uh, my wife's a great, great help to me. She's very positive. She's she's kind of growing with me as well. She had a job, you know, at the government and she was, you know, everybody talks about government job and pensions the whole bit. And we made a huge step to say okay we're done with that and we're going on a different path and i'll tell you we'll never look back we'll never look back i mean part of it too is that you will always say oh we can get a government job again it's like no we're never doing that and i'm not knocking people who have these type of jobs there it's for some people it's perfect and that's actually a great lifestyle pension you've got your set hours your set pay you can you can do great on that it just wasn't for me Right. So it's just if you like what you're doing, if you don't like what you're doing in those jobs, it's the most soul crushing experience of your lives. And the reason I say that is I had a government job where I was a student customs officer at Terminal One back when Terminal One was like a square, this little old box of a place for anyone old enough to remember this. I was in the basement and I worked with full time customs officers there who I could tell just hated their lives. And it was starting to spill over to my feeling when I went to work there. I'm like, wow, I can never get a full-time kind of government job. So if it's your passion, if you're doing some type of social work that is just your calling as a government job, absolutely. Yeah. You know, but if you don't like it, a government job could be the most soul-crushing experience ever. Yeah. I felt like I was walking, watching some zombies walking around like the soul had been ripped out of their bodies. Mm-hmm. Like this is how bad it was. Yeah. <laughs> and I, 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 I don't... I'm not downplaying anybody who has that that type of job right now who might be listening. Just know that there is something else like you're describing available if you so choose to go down a different path. Sure. And I think that's the point too, where it's you can take any course, you can read any book, you can do anything you 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 want to gather info. Unless you're willing yourself to start to do what you're learning, it's not gonna happen. And I'll give you an example. Like, you know, we talked about in two thousand and eight, my wife and I you know, saw, went in, we were members back then. We were paying, I don't know what it was. I think it was two bucks a month or something, whatever it was back then. <laughs> it was never two bucks a month. I think the lowest was like $29 yeah, a month. Something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. And at the time that was a lot of money for us because yeah, yeah. we, you know, we had just bought this. I think we were scared to charge it too. We were like, I don't know. Will anybody pay $29 a month? Yeah. I mean, all our <laughs> friends at the time were buying brand new homes in Milton yeah, yeah. and we, we went outside the box and bought this bungalow on this big lot in Oakville for 330000 <laughs> And it was like, oh my God, everyone's got these brand new houses and, you know, this stuff. And we got this crappy little bungalow in Oakville. Like, what is this going to do? And then meantime, now it's like, we still live in that house. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. And oh, yeah. it's like, I, I'm, I'm scared to even think about what that price, the price of that house is worth. Exactly. Now. <laughs> so now you have options, right? Now you have, now, never mind a backup plan being going back to work. A backup plan is okay. Here's our backup plan, you know, and, but it real, but you know, that was our only backup plan. And if we didn't time the market properly or if one of us got ill or sick and we had to sell something at a certain time, having one piece of property isn't a great backup plan. And that's why it took us from 2008 till what? When did we buy our first property with you guys? Was last year? Maybe. Yeah. I was going to say two years two ago, years ago. Any, something like that. Yeah. Two years ago. So two years ago. So there were 10 years almost in there or 11 years that we were with you and never acted on it. And I, I you know, at some point in time, we stopped the membership. And because just life gets in the way, right? And whatever that means, but apparently that's what you're supposed to say. 
And so life gets in the way and, you know, I decide, okay, this is it. We're, you know, I'm leaving my job. I'm starting my own business and we're going to go in. And the second you do that, by the way, if anyone's listening and they're going to start their own business, the second you tell your friends and family you're starting your own business, the negativity that's going to come is just, it's unbelievable. It's going to crush you. And even the, even the positive reinforcements that your family give you, they don't really mean it. They're, they're like, yeah. It's almost like charitable. It's right. Yeah. You're <laughs> going to be great. Meantime, they say, no, these are yeah. going to fail you. I'm gonna, <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. So you have to get through that. You have to keep going. And if you do feel that's okay, you just keep, you know, you keep going. But we didn't have, I didn't have anybody back then to teach me how to run the business. So I start this business finally for the first time in my life. I'm making a little bit of money, whatever that means. And all it really meant was that I didn't have to look at the prices of the groceries I was buying anymore. I could just go to the grocery store and pick up any food I want and buy it. And I didn't have to worry about this. This was great. So you mentioned a term about a lifestyle business, right? So I had created this lifestyle business where it was perfect for my little environment. Like it was, I didn't have to worry about money. Um, like I'm not flying jets here, but you know what I mean? Like just in real everyday life that I came from, I didn't have to worry about money anymore. And then it was like, okay, I met a friend and he took me to the next level. He was a successful business business uh, person, became a really great close friend of mine. And he started teaching me how to turn my small little business and get it bigger and start to go. And, and what he showed me is that I was really working, even though I created a business, I was really just created a job. So he taught me how to create more of a business out of that and change and change that. But one of the things he was really into was real estate. And arguably, he was making more money off the real estate than he was, you know, the $50 million business. He was making more in real estate. So then all of a sudden, you guys popped up again. Rockstar pops up. Um, I said to my wife, I said, we got to, you know, let's go back. Let's talk to these guys. Let, let, let's do this. Because even before that, we were starting to investigate properties to buy. We didn't know what we were doing. Um, so then we came back and my wife got crazy involved with Rockstar and was really interested. And, in, you know, at the time, you know, it was a rent to own or, or whatever. And you have options with properties in certain areas that, that you can have rental that will cash flow or break even whatever just to have investments. So um, I was really busy growing my business. So my wife took, you know, she just she just went with this thing. She just absolutely went with this thing. Um, we had a lot of friends saying, oh, yeah, use this real estate agent. They're a good friend. Use this real estate agent. They're a good friend or family or whatever. And what we realized was that we're not looking for a real estate agent. We're looking for an investment coach. And it was, that's what you guys are. You guys aren't necessarily real estate agents, you're investment coaches and you're helping us, you know, build that. Right. So she, I'll, I'll never forget. I'm, uh, she's learning this and I'm still afraid to do this. Right. So I haven't, you know, I've only bought one house in my entire life. So she goes down to St. Catherine's and we had friends over in the backyard and we're sitting by the pool with me and the two friends. And I'm saying, yeah, Suzanne will be back about noon. She's just going to, you know, look at a house or whatever. And I mean, keep in mind, this is after, you know, a couple months of being with you guys, taking the courses, getting coached on, on, but I'm half paying attention. She's fully committed. I'm half paying attention. I don't think she's going to do it. So, you know, I'm you sitting, know, was, was she working with Mike on our team? She was, she was working. Yeah. 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 And, yeah. So and, I knew she was going to buy something cause Mike's going to go out there and sh find her some good stuff. Right. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> and, 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 you know, one of the, the things that I think that helped, helped us in our relationship quite a bit too, is I put a hundred percent faith and confidence in her, even though in my, in my gut, I was scared to death. I wasn't going to say, 
I don't feel right about this because she was the one putting the time. She was the one putting in the research to do it. Who am I to say she's wrong? I don't have any basis to say, no, this isn't the right thing to do. So unless I was going to put the time and commit to that, you have to trust your partner, whether it's business partner, spouse or whatever. And if you can't, then it's, you know, the wrong person to. That's interesting that you had that thought. That's pretty advanced thinking because I'm not sure I think like that too often. That's pretty cool. That like, who were you to say she's wrong? I think sometimes I'm guilty of thinking, I think I know what's right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's a really cool thought process that you had thinking that like, I'm not going to be the one to stop or judge her decisions here. That, that is really cool. Yeah. So, so now picture this. So we're sitting, I'm sitting by the pool with two friends and it's, you know, Suzanne's supposed to be home at, at noon and now it's, it was fine, but now, you know, it's, it's one o'clock and I say, yeah, I'm sure Suzanne will be back soon or whatever's going on. And so we're just having a great time and hanging out and talking. And the two people we were there with are just, you know, they're investing is just like beyond belief. Like you can't do this kind of stuff. It'd be crazy. Like buying a house is a huge, huge, huge thing in your life and all this, whatever. Right. And so I get a text from Suzanne and the text is, uh, we're putting in an offer on this house. You need to sign it. And I'm sitting here staring at this thing going, yeah, I need to sign this. Like I got to go because the last time I bought a house was, you know, 15 years ago. So I got to go in the house and I got to print a whole bunch of stuff. I'm going to have to scan. Like, this is a disaster. There's no way. And then all of a sudden I get this email and it's like, press here to sign and do this and do this. And I'm like, so I'm, I'm just doing it. And I, the last signature I hesitated, I'm like, oh, what am I doing here? And I, it came across. I'm just like, nope, you know what? I'm, she's right. She's doing this. Every decision I usually make on my own that I think I'm right, I'm wrong. So we're going to go with her on this one. And then boom, sign it, done. It literally took me maybe 30, 30 seconds or something. I put the phone down and the two people across, our two friends looked at me and they go, did you just buy a house? I'm like, yeah, I think so. And then I just start regular back into our conversation. They're like, whoa, whoa, whoa hold, hold on a second. What are you talking about? You just, <laughs> what just happened? You here? just, and they're like, run us through this process here. I'm like, well, no, like we're going to, we're going to get this house. We're going to rent it. I mean, worst case scenario, because of the price we're getting the house for and versus the rent, the worst case, we're going to break even, even if I have to throw 50 bucks in a month, you know, someone's going to pay for this house. And their eyes were just like, what are you talking about? Like, yeah, so many people look at, at real estate and they judge it based on the price of, of real estate. What you just described to me that, you know, even if you have to throw $50 at it to, to break even, you just described the business component of real estate to me. Because so many people will judge real estate on the fluctuations of the price of the structure. Whereas we just never look at it that way. Yeah. We're always just like, well, what is the income stream that this thing is going to produce? What are my expenses? If the income stream is something I can feel like I can count on and I can control my expenses, then yeah, I don't know. Let's buy this asset. And we almost look at it like a little business where the customer is showing up every day. They happen to live inside the business. Mm -hmm. They generate the operating revenue. We control the operating expenses. Yeah. And it's a business. Whereas most people you're going to talk to are just like, well, Mike, are you crazy? I don't know. Property prices are just going up like this. And, and we just still to this day, it's not the way we look at real estate. It's to us a business, unless it's your own home. That's right. And then you're trying to get the best deal. Of course, you don't want to get ripped off. But, and, and I'm not saying get ripped off on an, on an asset either. It's just that we don't look at the price as the determining factor. That's right. And the fact that you're talking about the $50 a month there, you're not either. No. You're right away talking to me about income and expenses. And most people just don't grasp that concept. Well, and the funny part was, is that after now trying to explain to these you know, two friends that are sitting here about this, 
you know, they said, well, what was the house price? And I said, I don't know. They said, oh, what do you mean? You, don't, you just bought a house. You don't even know the price. You don't even know what's going on. I said, no, Suzanne's got this. Like, she's, you know, she'll, this, we'll figure this out. It'll be fine. I said, if the numbers are working, I, I said, I don't really care what the price of the house was anymore. I mean, if someone's going to loan us money for this house, that's a different story. And, you know, we'll figure that part out later. But if someone loans us money to go and buy this house and to do all this and the numbers work, I actually don't care what the price of the house is. Um, I, I'm still, I was still scared. Right. Like it's still sitting there and every couple of minutes I'm like, oh, what did we just do? Like maybe I should look at the price of this house. But I knew because she was getting, the, you know, the coaching with you guys and, you know, we put our, you know, our trust into you guys. But because of the research we'd done and because of the courses we were taking that you guys offer, it was almost a no brainer. I think what where I'm at today, that was two years ago, where I'm at today is I'm upset that we haven't done more. And I mean, obviously, it's challenging a little bit now because, you know, diff, you know, different scenarios come in and it's but there's a, but then I'm starting to realize there's always a challenge. I'm starting to think how I thought back in 2008. If I yeah, imagine because are, are you saying there's challenges now because there's like a million offers on every. That's right. Yeah. 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 And this is something this is another good point you're bringing up because it's something we talk about with our team all the time, especially newer members of, of the Rockstar team and definitely new investors. We're always like, hey, there's always a problem. If, price, if there's no offers on any properties and prices are coming down, yeah. well, then it's difficult to get someone to think that real estate is a good investment. Yeah. So then you have buyers or investors who you have to try to articulate, hey, think long term and look at the benefits that this is going to get to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so there's, all, there's that problem internally here at Rockstar. That's like a problem, right? It's yeah. like, oh, there's all this property available, but, you know. It's available because the headlines in the news are like real estate's going to tank and the banks aren't lending and, you know, it's going to go down. So then there's properties available, but you have no buyers. Yeah. But then when, you know, the government's throwing money out the window and everyone kind of almost unconsciously maybe thinks, oh, damn, I think I should probably get some like hard ass. I should own stuff here. Mm -hmm. And everyone's rushing to get real estate. You have the opposite problem where everybody's on board. Like, let's get some real estate, but you can't find the inventory to sell. That's right. There's never this balanced, perfect market. So you summed it up so well there. There's just always a problem. Yeah. It's what we talk about here all the time. There's always a problem. It's just, what is the problem we are facing today? Right. Is it lack of inventory prices that are higher than we're used to? Like, what's the problem? Yeah. Yeah. And now it's, so it's like, okay, so that single family home, maybe the cash flow isn't, isn't exactly what you want right now, but if you second suite something and you got to go up a little bit more, maybe that's, that's a better option. Cause then that's cash flow. So you might, you might have to change your strategy a bit, but that's where, you know, Suzanne's been working with Mike to, to change that strategy if they need to in specific towns, right? Because each town is a little bit different. So if you got, you know, different things are happening in different towns. But if you listen to the media, um, it's good. But again, it goes back to, you know, when you read a book, take what take what works for you. Because if you listen to the media, it's good because you know what's going on. But if you listen to them, you know, and you take what they're saying about Toronto and what's going on in Toronto and everybody's moving out of Toronto and this is nobody's going to do it. If you think the end result is going to be City of Toronto is going to bulldoze every building down there and make it one giant park. You you know, come on. The second things get, let's call it somewhat back to normal, everyone's heading right back downtown. There's no person under 30 years old that was downtown. Now they're at home with their parents. There's nobody saying, oh, this is awesome. I can't wait to it, never go back downtown. It's funny they're saying that we're just seeing that now. Yeah. Some members of our team are having some people say, hey, you know what? Take me down to some Toronto condos. I just want to see the prices of those. Yeah. So it's starting. It's just starting again. It's like the first wave we're seeing. That's right. And now you're almost getting too late, right? Because then, and you know, talk it, talk about this in three months. You're going to hear on the, on, on the news. 
prices are head skyrocketed up in Toronto. It's the greatest place to live again and all this stuff. But nobody's still living down there yet because everybody's moved out, apparently. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't know. Like, you really got to, I think you got to dive in deep. You got to experience stuff for yourself. You got to actually see what's going on down there. And I mean, you talk about every business owner who's got a business right now. Nobody wants to shut the doors. So the th second things are open, things will open again. I, this is my feeling, my, my belief. And, uh, you know, I think, uh, like myself, I mean, working from home and a lot of people that are working from home right now, I think like it because that's not what they did. And they're taking this, you know, great. But if you got four kids at home, working from home sucks. I don't, I have one kid and that, that's, that's okay. I can't say it sucks because that wouldn't be right. But it sucks. And, you know, the distractions and things that are going on, you know, I'm blessed because I've got to watch my daughter at school and watch her online and kind of adapt to this stuff. But it's like, I can't wait for this to stop. And that's me. Never mind, you know, like I said, you know, under 30s who are just wanting to get out and party and do what they do and live a life. They're headed, you know, we're going right back to concerts, right back to hockey games. Sure, it might take a while and things, but, and I think the demand on real estate will follow that, right? So you almost got to try to go with trends a little bit and be, be ahead of the curve. But if you don't have a real estate coach, you're not going to get that. And that's why I think being involved with Rockstar, for example, you get the tools. You're being so kind. I, know, I feel I'm, like I'm paying you to say this. But yeah, you, you, brought up a, you brought up a really good point there that like you have to go beyond the headlines. Because I think the first time Nick and I really realized that was in 2008 when we had been down to a mastermind in the U.S. And we saw like everyone had like just the, the most ghostly look on their faces because the real estate market was starting. It wasn't really in the headlines yet, yeah. but all the lending was seizing up and they were in full panic. We came up here where, and we were prepared for the worst and luckily Canada sidestepped that but we got the low interest rates up here because we had to follow what the US did yeah. and I'll never forget we went to uh, you know a few mortgage guys that had been in the business for a very long time and we told them hey it looks like the US isn't you know by the amount of money that they're kind of printing down there mm -hmm. I don't think they're gonna be able to raise their interest rates and I was just using simple math like almost being naive I was just like for the amount of money that they're printing if they raise the interest rate, the interest costs on the amount of debt that they have isn't going to allow them to have any money to spend and they're gonna to have to print more. So like yeah. I almost didn't understand like the macroeconomic picture the way I understood it. Now I just thought this can't happen because of math. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought a lot of money's being printed and they can't raise rates. And these, these, these guys who had been in the industry forever up here are like, Tom, interest rates never stay this low. They're going to go up. And there was no basis for it going up. They they just thought it always goes back up. Yeah. And it was the first time it hit Nick and I like, oh my gosh, like, do we understand things better than people who had been in the industry 20 and 30 years? Yeah. And not that we thought we were better than them. We're just like, do we have a different perspective? And that's when Nick and I, we, we really d dove deep and we started looking into the population trends here. Mm hmm and then to the U.S., how they weren't going to be able to raise interest rates. And we're like, wait a second. Canada always follows the U.S. We're not going to raise interest rates. We're jamming more people into this country than ever before. And we seem to be increasing it. Yeah. More people need more home. It's like such a basic analysis, right? Like there's more people coming and the money's cheap and there's not enough homes. I think yeah. property prices are going to go. You know, when you're having these realizations, but I think that's where you have to go. And if you take another example, in spring of 2020, you know, some different government bodies and international um, associations came out and said the Canadian real estate market was going to drop. You know, they had different ranges. Some were 10, some were 14, some were 20%. 
but they based it just on nothing. Yeah. It was, there was no analysis whatsoever. And today, to your point about people going back out into the economy, I just saw some data from one analyst where the amount, the bank balances of people's checking accounts right now mm -hmm. are through the roof. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so I think when the economy does open, yeah. you might be right. Either people are going to be so scared that they're just not going out or people are going to be ready to hit the restaurants and hit the games yeah, you, and start and, start spending money. And can you imagine if it goes back like that, like full force, you take the first three months of freedom again, you won't, you're not going to get a spot at a restaurant deal. It's going to be full. Right. And it's, it's so, yeah, I mean, it's anything can happen and it's tough. I mean, we've never had something like this to try to manage. I mean, thankfully my business has been okay through, through COVID. There's a lot of businesses that aren't, there's a lot of people that are suffering right now too, for sure. Um, but you know, if you're whatever, wherever you're at, you need to get the information to, okay, what do I do now? And going alone or getting advice from people who haven't done that might not be the right advice. There's a lot of bad coaches out there, but there's also, but if you, there's nothing wrong with trying different coaches, trying different people and seeing what sticks with you. You know, prime example, the, the friend of mine who was helping me change my business around, um, you know, tragically he had passed away um, right as he's helping me change my business. So not only it's my best friend, but the guy who's helped me change my business, you know, tragically passes away at like, you know, early forties. And this was a guy who had everything. There's nothing. Right. And it's kind of like terrible. And then at the same time, what do I do now too? Like, well, yeah, he was a mentor. To right. Me, yeah. So it's, and you know, so then I started to go in and try to find, okay, what's the next step here? Like, you know, I have to reorganize, I have to pick myself up, keep going do the things that he's taught me how to do and, and just push forward. And even now, so, you know, four months ago, 40 years old, business has been around for, for almost 10 years now. I'm reorganizing the whole business. I went and got, I, I was like, okay, I need to take this to the next level. One, because I want more real estate. But as you know, as a business owner, when you go to the bank, they hate you, they hate you. <laughs> and they say, okay, well, you've got, you've got one house here. You've got one house here. You've got, you know, this and this and, you know, you're not showing any income on your business for, you know, we, you, you try to, you know, spend for tax purposes yeah, and minimize pay yourself, your taxes, right? Yeah. And so you, when a bank looks at you for a mortgage or anyone looks at you for a mortgage, they're like, what are you talking about? Like, you're, you're so far out of the loop. No, we're not. <laughs> no. Would you like a job here? Cause we can help you. It's like, no, man. So, so, you know, I need to change the business now to, to grow a different way so I can gain more um, money, but for to purchase assets, whether that's real estate, gold, so everything that you've talked about, um, that's what we want to do. So I went and got, tried a few different business coaches and, and then, yeah, you found a good one, right? I found a great one. Yeah. And most, maybe some people will, would like a coach like this. Some people wouldn't cause he's completely unorthodox. So I walked in there and, um, and, and to meet this, this business coach and I walk in and, and it's, you know, nice office whatever. And, you know, I see his office in the boardrooms, there's guitars hanging on the wall. Like it's pretty cool stuff. And I mean, I'm into music and I'm into cars. I'm in the stuff. So it's like, this guy's got some cool stuff in here. Go into the, go into the back what warehouse and there's a Ferrari there parked inside beside a Mustang beside, you know, cars parked there with a bar, uh, a gym stage, and this kind of like big open platform training room. I'm like, what the heck is going on here? This guy walks out. He's like six foot five, long hair, 
just a big intimidating guy and he walks out and he goes hey how you doing all right i don't know if i'm going to work with you because i want to you know uh, i want to interview you first and i'm sitting here hold a second i called you you're going to work how did you find this guy was he referred to you (laughs) no this was this was so what happened was it was literally instagram so on instagram i was following um uh, exotic cars or something and this this guy had come up and he was doing something and what got to me was that he was using his, his exotic cars for charity purposes so taking kids and who who don't have would never have the ability to sit in one of these things he was you know letting that happen and he was doing things so that you know there's a big part of me that i want to give back and there's a soft spot for me and i don't feel that i do enough so i thought okay maybe if i reach out to this guy if he's not the right guy maybe he can help me help people you're and, you're hard on yourself, eh? Oh yeah, crazy hard on myself. You are hard on yourself. And, yeah, you're and, doing a lot of great things. Just hearing you, you're doing a lot of great things. Yeah, okay, I'll 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 bug you about that. All after. right, right, yeah, keep going. So yeah, so this guy, so this guy walks out and and he says, I'm going to interview you. And I said, Wait a second, I called you. Like I'm going to I'm going to pay you, and you're going to help me. And he's like, No, no, because if you're not the right person, I'm not doing squat with you. So the whole time we talked for about, he goes, I'll talk to you for half an hour and we'll see how this goes. It was a two hour conversation. We never mentioned my business. We never mentioned anything. He was just feeling me out to see who I was. And, you know, I was doing the same thing. And at the end of it, he said, I think you're a great guy. He goes, I'll give you a shout. I think I can help you. Um, so then, you know, a week later I went back and he says, okay, here's what's going on. Here's how I think I can help you. He still doesn't know what my business is. And I'm starting to realize I don't think he cares because... From books I've read before and things, I'm like, this guy's going after my business. It doesn't matter what my business is. The concepts are going to be the same. And now I'm getting scared. I'm like, I don't even want to tell him how I'm running my business because I know it's. I know he's going to be like, what are you doing? So sure enough, he agrees to work with me. Meantime, I called him. Now he's agreeing. You know, it's like it's like the opposite had just happened. And uh, so he goes, okay, let me see how the business goes. Tell me about your, tell me about your day. I like, I think I'm about to show him financials and all that kind of stuff. And he goes, no, I don't want to see that. He goes, tell me about your day. What do you do? So I told him about my, my Monday and he's just staring at me. It's like, really? This is, this is what you do. Okay. What Tuesday? And I was like, really? And were you being fully honest? I was being, Cause that, that's difficult. I was that's being, difficult. This is the first time in my life that I, I've kind of given it all out of what my life was like. Okay. You wanted the help. That's cool. You I wanted, wanted the help. The help. Yeah, and I yeah. think it was like, you know, we go back to. I need it now and I'm willing to do it. So it's different. Now, once you're in that state, you're in a whole different state. You know, you can listen to someone say, Hey, do this, do this, do this. If you're not mentally, you can say, yeah, I'm going to do it. If you're not mentally there, you're not going to do it. So he ripped me apart. He just said, you know, he's really good at bringing you down to make sure you know what you're doing wrong. But at the same time, congratulating for where you're at, letting you know that, you know, you're in the hardest state of anything right now and you're doing great at it but the potential is up here and it's nothing more than these building blocks that you've missed so no one taught me how to run a business so i went from you know zero to sky high but i forgot to not know that i forgot i didn't put any building blocks in place well i didn't know what a building block was what do you mean you just offer a product get money yeah you're surviving this yeah. is it right and then it's like oh man look at all these steps that i missed and i missed them because no one was you know telling me but at the same time I, the ones that I knew were there, I didn't know how to do, or I didn't, didn't have the time or whatever. You always say there's no time. But then when he broke down my day, it was like, oh man, I got nothing but time. Like this is, I'm actually not really doing anything productive here. No wonder I'm only here. And, you know, weekly calls, weekly motivation just to keep you going. Cause like you pointed out, I'm really hard on myself. 
And he's picked up on that too. And my wife knows that too. So I get motivation from all around me, just helping me go. And, you know, when I'm firing on all cylinders, we're going and we're, there's this, you know, we're going as far as we can go and we're going to even blow the roof off of this thing. But it's really important to know the steps. And so this, this coach that I have now, there's no sugar coat. You know, he'll tell me at, as it is some stuff you don't want to hear. You know, when he says, oh, how did you work with your team this week? And I'll tell him, and he goes, well, that was terrible. I said, what? They all liked it. He goes, no, they didn't like it. They made you think they liked it. They just went home and did nothing. And, you know, good job. I'm like, oh, damn it. And then as I think about it, I'm like, yeah, he's, he's totally right. You know, so it's step back, go slow, build it properly, um, but have somebody who knows what they're talking about. You can't talk to your friends or family about growing and running a business if they haven't done that. And I, early on, I was realizing that a bunch of high school friends love them. I absolutely love them to death, but I'm having conversations about growing a business and none of them have a business. I barely had. You're it. now one of the guys having those conversations that you referred to earlier when you were at the cottage. Yeah. Yeah. And now, you know, but back then it was like, I'd had, I had a friend who's, you know, just worked a regular job telling me how I should grow a business. And I'm sitting there going at the time, I, yeah, okay, that's a great idea. But I think that's what got me into trouble. I was taking advice from people who were, you know, doing things a certain way. And I felt you are, you know, people talk about this all the time. Show me your five friends. I'll show you exactly who you are. And that is a hundred percent accurate, a hundred percent accurate. So you need to start hanging out with people who you want to be like or who you inspire to. And then you will start to develop that and you'll, in, in, you know, you'll start. Even to if you have to pay for it, I, I, I find that's something I can't convince a lot of people for, but I'm like, hey, listen, you know, the, some of the biggest benefits we got were we had to pay to go to conferences and like pay to get into people's mastermind meetings just to hang out with them. Yeah. Like literally yeah. just to see what they would say and what they would say at lunch and how they spoke, just to your point, yeah. just to be around those people because we couldn't find those people. So I think that's an investment into yourself. That's not like an expense. So many people will hear something like that and say, well, I'm not going to pay for a coach because that's an expense and I can't afford that expense right now. And I'm like, no, no, no. You got to figure out a way to invest in yourself for sure. And just on your other point about a business, one of our mentors told us this, this guy's name was Bill Glazier, great marketer. Um, and he said, being a business owner is the loneliest job in the world because everything's falling on you. Yeah. You know, you have to figure it all out and you can't, your problems don't resonate with the people around you, especially not your team or your staff or whatever it is. And it's a very lonely place. And I, and I feel very fortunate that Nick and I have been able to grow this business together. Yeah. And we're, we're well aware of that mm -hmm. because being on your own is tough. Yeah. And I think when you get a coach or when you, when you get mentors, you can pay anybody to help you. Um, whether that helps or not is a different story. And I think people get discouraged, right? Because they'll say, you know, this cost me, you know, 5,000 bucks and I got nothing out of it. Well, that was maybe your own problem because uh, you either didn't research or, or do whatever. So try it again. If you get a coach or a mentor that becomes your, f let's call it friend or a close acquaintance, even though you're still paying them, but it's more of a friendship now, that's where you're going to, where you're going to go. Like, we don't think twice about paying a membership to Rockstar anymore. Like, it's just the, the information you get. I don't think twice about paying my business coach because it's almost like we're, we're friends now, but with specific tasks and targets, right? But if you can find a relationship like that, that's where it's going to go. If you're just going to go to a, a, get a coach and they're going to come in and talk to you once a week, every week, and then you're never going to see them again, that's not going to work. It might get you motivated for a week or two, but you're always going to come back down. 
you need someone to keep pushing you to go forward. So, you know, like you said, when you're paying to go and be a part of these groups, you're meeting people, you're meeting um, uh, people in that seminar, that group or the coach at the time that are going to help you continue on, right? Because everyone fails at something. It's need to learn, okay, why did you fail? You know, and then someone from the other side goes, well, you wouldn't have failed if you did this. And it's like, oh, oh yeah, I, I've hung around, you know, I, I'm, I'm kind of lucky. So some of my friends have, are very, very successful people, um, you know, had businesses in the hundreds of millions. So I've had a little bit of a, you know, I'm going to call lucky stretch learning from it. Now, sometimes the conversations they have are way, way beyond me. You know, if you take 10 million and you invest it in here, you quadruple that. Oh, great. Yeah, that's easy. That's yeah. First <laughs> Let me of just all, pull that 10 million from my pocket right, right now. First of all, that 10 million, I'd be out of here and, you know, whatever. Right. So the conversations are a little bit different, but the, the you know, the business part of it are the same, whether that's, you know, 10 million or $10, it's the same principle. It's just going to take you longer, but you can, you can build it. You can gain it, you know? So and it goes back to real estate where it's like, I don't want a real estate agent. I want to, I want an investment coach. Um, you know, and that's what I, I don't want, you know, my investment coach, if I ask them about a property and, you know, some other province or somewhere, whatever for them to give me an answer, because they don't know, like you need someone specific on that. And I just, I think the real estate market is really, really challenging because everybody's buying based on inexperience or based on... A lot of people are buying just on thinking, I guess the price is going to go up further. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's that's how our family got burned in 1990. And I just feel like that's a, that is a little bit of scary time in the real estate market right now when so many people, I think, are just buying like, mm-hmm. oh, prices obviously just keep going up. And, and part of me is like, well, you know, with the monetary policy in the world, you're probably actually right. Mm-hmm. But I don't like you making these decisions based off of that. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like, you know, I think you're actually right. It's just you're freaking me out with yeah. the way you're talking about the real estate market. Yeah. Well, even even being involved when we bought our first um, rental home, you know, friends that were close to me at the time, now they started to listen a little bit. And they said, well, what are you guys doing? It's like, well, I've told you 15 times what I'm doing. You're, now you're asking again. I still know you're not going to do anything about it because it's me that you're listening to. So, you know. Go listen and figure it out. But here's what we did. And people can't believe that it's, they're like, you know, I'll have conversations and they'll say, yeah, but you have another house. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. I, yeah, we do have another house. And I forget that sometimes because it's like this asset that's being, being paid for and something that I was so afraid to do, so scared to do is now I just want to do it again and again and again because it just makes sense. Do you remember what you were scared of? Just financial. I was, I was afraid of, you know, I just thought like not qual, uh, like not being able to afford to, to hold it. Like you would lose it and it would, it would cost you everything. That's kind right. Of thing. Yeah. That's, that's what I you think. You would lose everything. Yeah. And you know, if we have another house, we don't have any more money to live. All our money's going to go into that house. And then it's like, unless someone's renting it, if someone's renting it, then they might even be paying you and you know, someone else is going to pay for this house that I can give to my daughter one day. And so I forget that it's there. And I want, you know, I want as many of these as I can get, right? To a certain extent, because there is a risk. Obviously, sure. there's always a risk yeah. to something. But, you know, again, like friends will ask me, hey, you know, what's going on here? And as, you know, it's like, yeah, again, do I have to tell you this again? No, I'm not telling you this anymore because I told you the first time that this is what you should do. And then they just went and got their, you know, their best friend as a real estate agent to try to buy them investment property. And it's like, you know, 
I, one of one of our friends was a as a real estate agent. He called me. He says, "Hey, Mike, there's this awesome property in Hamilton. You would make like 500 grand if we buy this house and flip it and do all this kind of stuff." I said, "Awesome, that's wicked." I said, "Okay, we'll split it. We'll do this together." And he's like, "Well, no, no, no. I don't. I don't. I don't want to. I, well, what do you mean you don't want to? You don't want to split it. But you just told me this was the best deal ever, and we're gonna make 500 grand, and you don't want half of that? No." I'm not working with you. Stop. Don't even call me anymore about this. Call me about what we're going to, if we're going to go fishing, do you never call me about real estate <laughs> again? You know, it's like, so why, why, why do you think you're so hard on yourself? Why do you think you're that way? Where is that coming from? Cause you seem to have such a good perspective. You seem to have some friends who have started these like monster bit or involved in these monster businesses mm -hmm. and you're taking away stuff from them. You have other friends who are, you know, working a, a more nine to five typical kind of job. Um, and you seem to be friends with all these different groups. Why are you hard on yourself? I don't Where know. I, I feel like I can do more. I feel like I haven't done enough. I feel like I have, you know, um, everything I'm doing today, I knew I should have done back when I was 20. And I think I'm hardening myself because I know I shouldn't have waited back then. I shouldn't have taken the negativity when I was younger um, of, of what was around me at the time. I didn't know to go get another circle of people that would be positive. I didn't know that, right? They don't teach you that in school. In school, they taught me how to get a job. I've, I got fired from every job I ever had. I don't even know if they taught you to do that. That's well, just what you were left with after you graduated. I yeah. better get a job. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the first two jobs I got fired from, um, my employer was my dad and the next one was my uncle. So I got fired. Your from, dad fired you? My dad fired me day one. Why? Day one. Because he had a crew of like 12 guys working there. And uh, he said, just don't be late. Don't be late. And we were living in Mississauga at the time. The business was in Port Credit. Uh, he bought me a truck to get to work. So I remember rolling in there. He left. Like he didn't drive me to work. This is day one. And I showed up. I think it was four minutes late. And I even drove around the back so he wouldn't know, but he knew. He didn't say a word to me. He let me go work that whole day with the guys, the whole bet and everything, and came back in that day and everybody left. And he says, how'd you do out there? I said, I did great. It was great. He goes, yeah, I heard you did really well. He goes, too bad I got to fire you. I said, what? What do you mean you're going to fire me? You just said I did great. He goes, I said, if you show up late, I'm going to fire you. He legit fired me. I had to go home and tell my mom that my dad, dad just fired, fired me. <laughs> And he's not kidding. It took my mom, I think my mom begged him for, it was almost three weeks before, because I couldn't drive the truck anymore because I had to pay for gas and I had to pay this stuff. So I had this truck that I couldn't drive. Mom has to get me my job back. And then, you know, that was it. And then once I stopped working for my dad, I went to work for my uncle, who had a bunch of car dealerships at the time. And I, he fired me too for something because I was just... I just found that there were certain ways to do things that I thought was better, um, but it was his business. Now as a business owner, what do you think of that? Yeah. Now as a business owner, I totally agree with him. I should have been fired. Of course. I don't, <laughs> I was the worst employee you could ever have, but you know, I always thought outside the box. And I think when I was like maybe 20 to 25, I knew I wanted to do my own business. I wanted to go. And my dad, my father had his own business at the time, which was a real struggle like he was making good money but it was such a struggle and I remember him saying to me don't do this like it's go get a government job and it really crushed me at that point in time to see somebody like that who you looked up to hmm. who you wanted to be like that and say this is too much work don't do this you know and even down the road when he passed away the reason you know my fam my mom and, and stuff are okay is because of what he was doing it would have been a different story if he had 
just a regular job. So I think, you know, when he was in that state of mind, when he told me that, I don't know if he necessarily meant that, but it kind of stuck with me back then. Um, I was always, I always loved exotic cars and stuff. And everyone around me was like, don't buy these things. Like, you know, don't be waste of your time, waste of your money. Waste don't be of, that guy. Don't be that guy. And then meantime, I started to meet friends with exotic cars and realized that most of these guys are driving Ferraris and Lamborghinis and it's costing them eight or nine grand a year to drive because they're flipping them out so fast. And it's like, holy smokes, it cost me more to drive, you know, a Honda Civic than it, than you did to drive a Ferrari. Like what, what am I missing here? You know what I mean? It's like some of these people are making money on these cars and it's like, ugh, all I've ever been told is that these things are the devil. And it's, you know, it's, I don't know. You can use things. You know, I was always told, don't look at things. Things aren't, you know, things don't, cars, nice homes, they don't mean anything. Like they're just whatever. But if it, what I've learned now is that that might be true in the grand scheme of things. But if you can use those as a tool to motivate you and to be part of your resume and to, and to do that. And, and I don't want to say it attracts certain things, but if it, and I don't even like using the term gain respect because it, 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 in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't, but if it can help you because it makes you feel good and it gives you the confidence to go out there and get what you want, don't let anybody tell you that a car or a nice house or something isn't the right thing to do. I mean, financially, don't let it crush you, but you know, if you, if, if it's going to give you confidence, don't listen to anyone else, just do it. And if it's not learn from that mistake and don't do it again. It, it's so cool that you're coming to this kind of realization that almost anything is possible for anything is possible. Not almost anything is possible, but I just want to articulate that at 40 years old, you have so many productive years ahead of you that if you look back, like it, it was probably late twenties where you even had a clue of what you were starting to learn in life about work, the work world and stuff like that. Yeah. And you said you're turning what 40 right now? I turned 41 tomorrow, 41 tomorrow. Yeah. Um, so like you've had like 12 years of let's say business kind of experience in the real world me you know i know you started working earlier but like you know until your late 20s you don't really know what the heck's happening um some people do but those are the rare cases you have at least 25 you have more than double ahead of you more than double yeah. ahead of you of yeah, what yeah. you've already put in and now you're not starting from a standing st uh, start because when you're 26 27 28 29 you have no momentum yeah. You now have moment. You're 40, turning 41 with momentum. Yeah. Now the next 10 years gets really interesting. That's the right. The next 20 years gets really interesting. I'm a little ahead of you. And I can tell you at 48 now, things get really interesting. Cause the last, when I was turning 41, I had that little bit of momentum like you mm -hmm. and things tend to compound on themselves. Yeah. So you have like a lifetime in front of you. Yeah. And, and I, and I think that's, you know, one of the reasons that I wanted to come on here is that I think there's a lot of people, I don't want to say, you know, not like me, but thinking like me when they were younger, especially the younger members that are listening about, oh man, should we purchase real estate right now? Should we purchase an investment property? I think my advice would be, yeah, hundred percent. You should, you know, folk, listen to your coach, focus to make sure the numbers are right and, and do it. Don't wait. Cause I waited 20 years thinking I should do this while people around me told me I shouldn't. And so I think that's, that's one of the messages that, you know, get a great coach yeah, and surround yourself by the right people, surround yourself by the right people and do it. Don't, don't wait. Don't, why would you wait? You know, it's easy for me to say now, cause I have, uh, you know, a rental home and it's like, Oh, I can't believe it took me this long. Why was I so scared? And, you know, and, 
Um, and it was all Suzanne that did it. My wife did all this, the rental side of it. I did nothing. So I'm taking a little bit of credit for You signed for that it. thing on your phone. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> you scratched something on your phone. Totally. That's I, what you, your contribution yeah, was. I bought a house on my phone. <laughs> like this is, this is, you know, technically. Uh, technology. This is where I'm at right now, right? I'm I'm amazed that I could buy a house on my phone. You know, someone gave me a house. I pushed a button on my phone. Someone's gonna give me a house. This is wicked. Mike, as we wrap here, anything that, anything else? I think you did a nice summary there. Anything else on your mind that you kind of wanted to share? That was that was really cool. You didn't have to come on here and share some of your own thinking like this. It it that takes a lot of guts to share the way you just shared about your thinking and your journey. And I think it's so helpful when all of us share our own journeys together. Because someone will hear something from me and it won't resonate. Yeah. But they'll hear it from you and it'll totally resonate. It could change the course of their lives. So I, I really appreciate you coming on. You did not have to do this. Yeah, it's fun. It's it's good. It's yeah. a lot of fun. I just, you know, take if especially to the you know, to the to every generation listening, it's okay to take that risk and it's okay to fail. Um, you know, just go if you if you feel it and you feel like you've got something more, go and do it. And you know, get help to do it. Don't do it on your own. Definitely don't do it on your own. And don't get discouraged if you know, a coach or someone that you has gives you negativity at the wrong way. Go get another one. You know, it's it's just, just keep going. Keep pushing. Awesome, Mike. Thanks for doing this, man. Thank totally you. appreciate it. Thank you. Hey, everyone. Hopefully you enjoyed that podcast with Mike McMillan. And if you are listening to this and you want some information about real estate investing, there's a couple of reports you can check out at rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash reports. One of the more popular ones is the destruction of the middle class. There's also a population trends report on there. You can get access to both of those reports at rockstarinnercircle.com. That's rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash reports. That's it for this episode. Until next time, your life, your terms.